Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome. Welcome to Warriors Wrap-Up. Wrap up. Curry takes another three, it's up and good! He's got 62! On 95.7, the game. Pass to Wiseman off the pick and he flies in for a dunk. Jam! Oh, by Oubre! He caught it right at the restricted area and slammed it home with a left hand. John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. Raymond Green throws over to Curry. About a 27-footer good from the left side. 82 to 68. Curry now with 31, which is a great night for everybody in the association for Curry. That's his average. And Curry would wind up with 34, and the Warriors wind up with another wire-to-wire victory as they win 118-97 over the Oklahoma City Thunder. We welcome you inside Warriors wrap-up. John Dickinson, Ryan Covey, 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. That's the phone number to give us a call or shoot us a text. Warriors uh, checked all the boxes tonight. Really, Covey, they took OKC seriously from the opening tip. Solid defense. Ball was moving. Five and double figures. Just a just a real nice price of admission win. And, uh, oh, by the way, Memphis lost in Detroit. So the Warriors are back in the eighth spot uh, with five games to go. Yeah, certainly a lift, uh, you know, considering the way that the Pelicans game got away from them the other night. And, you know, a nice way to start this six-game homestand to wrap up the regular season. And now you're back in a position where you win out your games. You can control your own destiny. It's in your, it's in your hands now, again, if you're the Golden State Warriors. And it's been a lot of twists and turns, but here we are. This six-game homestand is upon us. And, you know, as it applies to this little two-game uh, two series with the Thunder, you know, the, the Warriors have been able to typically get one of these wins, right? It's it's getting that second win. And, and what I mean is, you know, okay, so they were 500 coming into the game. Now they move a game over 500. Can you get the win Saturday to get two games over 500 and get a little breathing room and break the gravitational pull of the 500 mark? So really good step for this team. I agree. The ball movement was terrific tonight. They hit their threes. Uh, good team win. And Steph Curry got a little help tonight from, uh, from his friends. And it was a long time coming, and it was good to see. Yeah, and Michael Mulder, uh, a nice punch off the bench specifically as he winds up being the second highest scorer for the Warriors in this one. 25 points, 9 of 15 shooting. He knocked down 7 of 13 from 3. Not too often you see another member of the Golden State Warriors, at least this iteration of the Warriors. Klay Thompson maybe did it uh, from time to time, but to see a guy outshoot Stephen Curry in a ball game from three-point range, well, Michael Mulder did that tonight. 7 of 13 for Mulder, 6 of 13 for Steph Curry. Uh, Mulder has had a nice stretch here over the course of, of the last uh, week to 10 days, maybe a little bit longer. And, and he's really helped to offset the fact that Jordan Poole uh, has, has struggled. Uh, and, you know, better game for Poole tonight, 14. Didn't make a three, though. And uh, the Warriors need punch. They know the eight players that are going to be playing every night right now. And, and, and a guy that can knock down some shots is, is key. We saw Poole do it earlier in the year. We're seeing Mulder do it now. Yeah, and that's why Mulder has value to this basketball team, his perimeter shooting. And, you know, earlier in the year, for a lot of the year, he was a depth guy, you know, way down the rotation when they were certainly a lot healthier at the two guard. But, you know, now they're at a time of year, Ubre's out, Damian Lee's out. It was good to hear from Damian Lee and at least get, you know, the, the, the story. And I'm glad that he's doing better. Um, but, 
you know, Michael Mulder has been counted on right now. And, and you're glad that you have a guy like Michael Mulder that you can rely on if you're Steve Kerr. I don't think, you know, in a, in a perfect world, uh, guys like Mulder and, and JTA and, and Jordan Poole, for that matter, would be playing this many minutes. The bench is thin. We know that. Um, so anybody that's going to play, there, there can't be any dead weight out there. Uh, and, and, you know, hopefully Steve Kerr isn't in a position where he has to reduce the minutes of any of these eight guys. We've seen him have to do it with Poole. You certainly couldn't have multiple guys, uh, you know, kind of headed in the wrong direction off Offensively, so uh, Mulder has definitely stepped up, and yeah, man, seven of thirteen from downtown, twenty-five points. I know he had twenty-six in, in the Dallas game, but that was such a stinker game; it was kind of for not and, and easily forgotten. Uh, this was a big-time contribution from Mulder, and, and sure, I know. Oklahoma City Thunder are a bad basketball team, but, you know, they, they brought it tonight more than they had in some games, and, and you know, the Warriors certainly had to work for this one. You know, it wasn't your typical water-wire victory. I don't think the Warriors were ever in danger of losing this thing by any stretch, but they kept their concentration throughout, and they never, you know, kind of threw it into cruise control. They, they took this game real serious from the offset, and I think that bodes well, J.D., for this final homestand. Like, we are officially in the home stretch, so um, good on guys like Mulder for helping out because, look, man, Steph just can't carry this team with 40 plus every night he probably could do it but this team's not going to go far if Steph doesn't get some help and tonight Mulder was that dude it was just a real buttoned up performance from the Warriors it, at times it, it felt like dang the Warriors are only up eight or the Warriors are only up 12 at different points of the game but I actually think uh, as crazy as this may sound I, I didn't think the Thunder were all that terrible like in no. this game tonight I thought they actually played up so to me Tonight, even when the game maybe was closer than you would have thought, given the fact that the Warriors were playing pretty well, tonight it wasn't a night where I felt like the Warriors were doing anything to take their foot off the gas or not take them seriously. I, I just thought OKC competed at a high level and did some things well. I actually think that really bodes well for Saturday night because I, I, I almost feel like Oklahoma City played the better of the two games that they're going to play in this little two-game stretch, and they did it tonight, and the Warriors still won the game by 21 and, and wound up you know, winning wire. That doesn't mean it's going to be wire-to-wire and by 30 on, on Saturday, but I do think the Warriors would be in line to come up with uh, another comfortable win Albeit, uh, you know, obviously, uh, it, it probably won't look exactly like tonight. Yeah, and and we know that certainly the Oklahoma City Thunder are short on talent right now. I mean, I thought Ty Jerome, you know, in particular, really nice game. Ended up with 23, uh, Basley with 22. But, um, you know, it, bottom line, they only turned the ball over nine times, did the Thunder. So, you know, if you're not going to turn the ball over a lot, uh, you know, you could probably stick around in some games. I know you look up, okay, the Warriors won the game by 21. I get it. Like, they ended up winning this game fairly comfortably. But there were points where, like you said, you look up, eight points, ten points. You know, the Warriors – had a few advantages in the first half. I think they were up by as much as 17. Um, but the game still felt like it was, you know, still reasonably in doubt at the half. And if the Warriors ever had a prolonged stretch where they went cold, certainly you could see the Thunder getting back in it. Thunder just didn't have enough firepower. But, you know, they made the Warriors work. Uh, the good news for the Golden State Warriors tonight is, uh, you know, they ended up as a team shooting 40% from three-point range. Uh, and, and, of course, the ball was moving tonight. That's, that's what got me for the Warriors tonight. Uh, I, I just think offensively guys were moving off the the ball back cutting setting screens like there was a lot of uh, a lot of cohesion out there and you know it, it is a price of admission win and you just you simply have to beat bad basketball teams at this time of year and you know I think if it was a close game you'd, you'd kind of walk away feeling like eh, yeah they won but dot 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 so they still get credit for the convincing win and I actually think it's it's a better win considering OKC showed up with a more resolute effort than they have in a lot of their recent games since they've been on this putrid run their last 20 games. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570, Warriors wrap-up, John Dickinson, Ryan Covey here on a Thursday night as uh, game one of the six-game homestand is in the books. Warriors get that 118-97 to victory to tip off this final stretch of six inside Chase Center. Also the 20th win of the season for the Warriors inside Chase Center. Five games to go on the hardwood there in San Francisco. 20 and 11 now the Warriors uh, with with the game on Saturday they, they've they're gonna have a good record they've got a chance to have a great record uh, if they can win you know 
really three, four of these final five games, they're going to wind up with an exceptional record this year. I know that's been a, a big key uh, and, and something that you wanted to see them establish, even in a year where more than half the season, really probably 75 to 80% of the season, was you know, played without fans, a certain amount of fans in the building now. But regardless, the Warriors have, the Warriors have made Chase Center a home this season. Yeah, no, no question. And and look, regardless of how things end, and you know, hopefully we'll get to see him play in a playoff series in the Chase Center, and they can you know continue to you know build on the resume here. And you know, because the way I look at it, JD, it's only going to get better next year, right? I mean, twenty and eleven at home right now. Well, next year you're going to have hopefully a, a much higher contingent of Dub Nation in there, closer to capacity, uh, the intended amount that was going to be in there when the Chase Center opened. Uh, Clay Thompson will be back. Weissman will be back. So, you know, this team projects to be a lot better. You throw the fans in there as well. Um, it's a good stepping stone. For me, you know, the, the home record is kind of, you know, a, a microcosm of what I'm looking for for this season for the Golden State Warriors as it applies to next year. Use this as a launching pad, right? Uh, but but being a... a a good home team. Uh, that's, you know, that's bottom line. You just, it, it's mandatory if you're going to be a contender, uh, especially out West. You just have to be a dangerous team at home. It's got to be a place where, you know, teams coming in a little road weary, maybe playing the back-to-back in sack or shooting up here from from uh, from the L.A. teams or, or even Portland. Um, you know, you just want teams coming in here on that West Coast swing thinking, ah, damn, we got to go see Steph and Draymond at the Chase Center tonight. Uh, and, you know, last year, certainly that was not the case. Now we understand why it was like that, but this year with Curry back and, and Dre playing this entire season Wiggins having a nice year um, making the Chase Center uh, a, a tough barn for the opposition I think was just critical and, and really for the for the spirit of that building right JD because I mean if you think about it all the great things that the Golden State Warriors did were an oracle and you know again we all understand why but since this team's moved to San Francisco Things haven't gone the way that they were going the last five years or even really last seven that they were in Oakland. So just establishing that this is your home, getting that home field, uh, home court advantage box check uh, mandatory. And I think, you know, it's, it's setting up well and they've got a chance to have a really nice home record. As you mentioned, heck, even, you know, four and one or even three and two in the last five would get you to what, 23 and 13 for the year like that. I, 23 and 13. If you gave me that when the year started, I'd be like, yep, I'll take that for the Warriors at home this year. Yeah, and you look, uh, the Warriors wind up uh, winning this one by 21. They get another win against a team below 500. So the Warriors now 22-10 and 10 against teams below 500. They also uh, scored over 110 points, which is uh, typically the barometer for them. 31-8 and eight now when they score 110 or more points. They are 3-25 and 25 when they fail uh, to get to 110. So the Warriors check that box tonight. Uh, I think this is another night where we got to give Draymond Green a, a, a lot of credit uh, for, for just putting an imprint on the game. You know, defensively, he's found himself. Like, the offense isn't always there in terms of the scoring. I know he does have some clunkers from time to time. It, it seems like in some of the games where the Warriors, you know, don't have it, we, we, we look tend to look at Draymond, but... But I feel like he has reached another gear defensively for the most part, really during this stretch that goes all the way back to, to April the 10th when when the Warriors, you know, after they lost that game to Washington and and they've they've gotten on this this run now, uh, you know, over the course of these last, what, 14, 15 games. So I, I think Draymond has found a more consistent. It's still not every single night necessarily because no player, I, I think, can do it every single night. But but he's. He's playing, I think, his best basketball, most complete basketball of the season, and it's paid off as far as the Warriors, uh, you know, in the win-loss column. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. And, you know, look, your best players, you hope they're playing their best basketball this time of year. And, and Draymond even admitted, what, around the turn of the year, he wasn't quite in the shape he wanted to be. And, you know, give it a couple of weeks, he'll be back there. And um, he certainly has, has gotten, uh, you know, in better conditioning as the year's gone on, been playing through some injuries. Uh, and, and, yeah, I'll give Draymond a ton of credit. Because, look, you know, the Warriors, outside of Steph, and I'll throw Wiggins in there, uh, certainly offensively this team's short on talent. So how can they make up the, the difference in the margins? Well, it's defensively. And, we know that they've been in the you know top five or six teams as far as opponents' field goal percentage, and you know been a good team as far as defensive rating, and and that's all predicated on Draymond Green setting the tone. And and you know tonight 
if if you didn't watch the game and you know you just peruse the stat column, you know, oh, triple single from Draymond Green. It's like, no, no, watch the game. Like, he had a tremendous impact on the game, really both ends of the floor, um, certainly setting the tone defensively. And I love what they do offensively, you know, with Draymond operating at the top of the key. Like, you know, Steph will give it up when when he gets trapped or has to terminate his dribble. And, and Draymond is so good at just monitoring where Steph goes, using his body to pivot away from defenders and literally just giving the ball right back to Steph. He's out there shot hunting, right? So, um, you know, it, he's a huge uh, benefactor for Steph offensively hunting for those shots. And, and then defensively, obviously, he set the tone. And let's face it. I mean, the Warriors have been without a, a starting five. I know Looney's been in there, but they go through long stretches of the game where they don't have, you know, a traditional five or even at times this season where they haven't had a five really available. And Draymond is just routinely asked to guard bigger players. Uh, so, he, yeah, he gets a ton of credit for me. This team is where they're at right now because of Steph's offense and Draymond on's defense. And 10 and 5 now the Warriors in those last 15 games going back uh, they were 24-28 after they lost to the Wizards on April the 9th in the game where uh, Andrew Wiggins fouled Bradley Beal on the three, the four-point play. The Warriors kind of let that game slip away. It looked like this thing was kind of careening out of control on the Dubs. 24 and 28 at that point, they're 10 and 5 since. So they've won 10 of 15 now, five games to go. They've got OKC again on Saturday night before Utah and Phoenix come in, top two teams in the Western Conference, and then they'll close it out after a couple of off days against the Pelicans, who find themselves still in this play-in tournament, and against the Grizzlies, who we mentioned at the top of the show, did lose tonight in Detroit. So the Pistons wind up beating the Grizzlies, so the Grizzlies – fall to 33-33 and 33 on the season. The Warriors now uh, move up to 34-33 uh, and 33 on the season. So six games to go for Memphis. Uh, for the Warriors, the five games that, that I just mentioned to go. And you look at Memphis here over the course of, of the, the remainder of, of this thing. Uh, the Grizzlies have uh, a game at Toronto uh, in, in down in Tampa. Then they play the Pelicans, so somebody's gonna, you know, somebody's gonna win, somebody's gonna lose there. They play Dallas uh, at home, and then they also have a, a two-game set against Sacramento before they come out west and and take on the Warriors to to close things out. So uh, kind of a mixed bag for for the Grizzlies. I know when we were talking about this a few days ago. It it really was damn. The Grizzlies have maybe an even easier schedule than the Warriors do. But you look at, at three of the last four games for the Grizzlies, they've lost in Orlando by a point, and tonight they kind of got handled by the Pistons, 111-97 the final in this one. So no game – we've talked a lot about the Warriors, no game is safe. No <laughs> game's been safe for the Grizzlies either of late. Yeah, they're capable of beating anybody, right? Uh, you know, you go back to late April, they won in Portland back-to-back -back games, uh, but they're also capable of losing to anybody at any time, and that's what you would expect from a 500 basketball team. I think, you know, by and large, I feel like the Grizzlies have maybe overachieved. They're a hard-working team, and, you know, I like Jaw, and obviously Valanchunas has, has had a really nice year. Brooks, I mean, they're, they're a tough out, but, you know, I think they find themselves lacking firepower uh, some nights offensively, and, you know, they got to try and gut out wins and, and they just, you know, you don't always have it. So, you know, I, I think, you know, you look at that run in for the Grizzlies. Yeah, they're capable of, you know, running the table here, you know, five and one, something like that. But they're also capable of going three and three and just being that 500 team. Basically, they've been all year. You know, if you're the Warriors, you hope that going into that last game, um, you know, it, it, and let's face it, it's probably going to come down to that, right, J.D.? Because, you know, we, we've talked about, man, if the Warriors are a game behind the Grizzlies, they can still catch them and ultimately pass them by winning the season series in that game. Well, it's, it's the same if it's reversed, right? Because yep. Memphis could be a game back of the dubs going into that final game. But if they won that game, they would win the season series and, ha and thus have the tiebreaker in the same respect. So that cuts both ways. So the Warriors, if, if that last game would be, uh, you know, a, a non-factor, they would actually have to have a two-game lead, which is probably going to be tough to do considering it is, you know, New Orleans, Dallas, and a couple against the Kings in that game in Toronto. Although I'll say this, uh, you know, and I guess it's Tampa, but Toronto has been a better quote home team this year uh, by a wide margin than they have on the road I mean they've been brutal on the road so you know that's probably a tougher game for Memphis than they would like although it seems like Toronto's not really playing for anything now I think they're getting too far out of that playing tournament uh, in the Eastern Conference
Yeah, and and you look at, at at Toronto, and it has you know been a little bit of a, a mixed bag for them in terms of of how they've been able to play. Uh, they've dropped their last two, but they they did beat the Lakers before that. Uh, but yeah, it just it, we'll see uh, how it plays out. But the Warriors, regardless, are in are in really good shape. Uh, and hell, I know we talked, you know, mentioned it briefly. I mean, even Sacramento, all of a sudden, believe it or not, because they've won four in a row, they're only two and a half out of tenth. And they play San Antonio tomorrow night in, in Sacramento. And so they could actually be within a game and a half of the Spurs and right up there with the Pelicans, depending upon what the Pelicans do. Uh, and they, they could wind up and they would win the season series with the Spurs if they win that game tomorrow. Their season series is 1-1-1. One, one, one. And that's just been remarkable because they haven't had De'Aaron Fox or Harrison Barnes uh, and now Tyrese Halliburton. So it, it is kind of getting wild, uh, you know, here down the stretch over this this last week. And, you know, the Spurs are obviously trying to hold on. Now, if San Antonio goes in there and wins tomorrow, that's it for, for Sacramento. I mean, that would push sure. them another game out and, and they wouldn't have the tiebreaker at that point. Uh, but but even even you know what, what do we always say? The only time the Kings become a threat is if you leave them for dead. Well, everybody left them for dead again, and then they won four in a row. Uh, yeah. But San Antonio, to that point, is Whew. is up against it in a in a really bad way. And I know you've laid out their schedule. Uh, it's it's just ridiculous uh, what they have uh, down the stretch. So they could be in trouble for somebody. As it pertains to the Warriors, though, it's really starting to feel now with the schedule the Dubs have ahead. Like, they are going to be 8th or ninth at this point. Like, 10th doesn't seem like it's in the equation anymore. It may come down to that last Sunday of the year as far as 8 or 9 goes, but it feels like the Warriors will either be 8 or 9. Yeah, and, and that's great news. And, man, the, the Spurs, it's just gone so wrong for them. I mean, they, they lost five in a row. You mentioned that game in sack, and, yeah, we tried to leave the Kings by the roadside, but, um, you know, clearly San Antonio's been doing them plenty of favors. And uh, got to love the playing tournament, right, J.D.? Uh, you know, Kings are eight games under 500. <laughs> We're in the final, you know, two, you know, week and a half of the season, but they're still in it. And, yeah, for, for San Antonio, they better get that sack game uh, for a couple of different reasons at Portland. It's one of their Milwaukee. most winnable. <laughs> it is. It's yeah, one of their most winnable Portland, left. Home to the Bucks, at the Nets, at the Knicks, and then two home to Phoenix to wrap up the season. And by the way, Phoenix and the Jazz, you know, obviously duking it out for that top spot. That looks like it's going to go down to the wire as well. Now the Warriors are going to have to see both of those teams Monday and Tuesday next week. So they'll get their, they'll have their own say in the, uh, in the race for the top seed in the Western Conference. But yeah, man, I mean, let's face it. The Spurs are finished. I mean, you're right. The Warriors, all they can do is, is just worry about winning their basketball games right now and, and trying to be the eighth seed. I mean, that is such a huge lift. I mean, it's, it's a difference of getting a mulligan, right? It's a difference of having a breakfast ball off the first tee. Like, you, you go up to Portland, you roll the dice, you take your chances. If Steph gets hot, and we've seen Portland struggling in a, quote, postseason scenario before, and Steph Curry do damage up there. So certainly plausible that it could happen again. And, hey, if you don't do it, okay, fine. Then get on back to the Chase Center and play the team that, you know, is just happy to be there winning that 9-10 game. So, yeah, the Warriors, that's a huge opportunity for them, and they need to really be uh, pursuing that. And, and just because you mentioned it, uh, the Lakers and Blazers are once again tied for 6-7 in the West. Clippers thumped the Lakers tonight. Anthony Davis uh, went down yeah, yeah. early in that ball game, And the Lakers and Blazers play tomorrow, and they're tied. And that game is for the season series tiebreaker between those two teams <laughs> up in Portland. So, uh, I mean, if, if Portland wins, and the Lakers may have to play that game without now LeBron and Anthony Davis. So if Portland wins that game, they're a game up, put the Lakers down to seventh, and they're a game up with the tiebreaker and five games left. And who knows what's going on with LeBron and maybe Anthony Davis at that point. I mean, there is a more, and I, I kind of put that off to the side, but there is a more and more realistic uh, shot by the day, given what's going on with the Lakers, that we actually could see a Warriors-Lakers play-in game. Could you yeah, imagine it, if there was a Warriors-Lakers play-in game at Staples? Oh, uh, bring it on, baby. I mean, absolutely bring it on. The Warriors got them there on MLK Day, and 
Look, it's it's you know obviously we, we talk so much this year, JD, about not who you play, but when you play them, right? And you know I, I know the Lakers still have some time between now and the end of the year to maybe get back on track, but we'll see if AD, you know, it, it, obviously he had to leave the game tonight. We'll see when he's going to be able to come back, and they're just they're not in a good way. And boy, that's a team that's you know pretty top heavy with their star power, and we saw how bad they struggled when both of those guys were out. Uh, you know, LeBron certainly is has been trying to you know get get back to to top speed but that's been a process for him to ramp it up this late in the year and you know look they won the title last year and I think I don't want to say fat and happy I mean they had got off to a a reasonably solid start this year but when you know Davis and then LeBron went down you're like man maybe it's just not their year Uh, but man you talk about NorCal SoCal beat LA dubs at Staples like oh sign me up for all of that JD that that would be some great theater. You talk about intrigue around the basketball world, Steph versus LeBron, the playing tournament. Oh, it matters. So, yeah, I, oh, that would be terrific. I wouldn't mind the, the Warriors in, in Portland. I mean, look, those two teams have plenty of history, but Warriors-Lakers, that's on a whole nother level. To, to not trying to, you know, push the defending champs to the brink of elimination and punch your ticket to the playoffs. Oh, yeah, give me that. Yeah, and at that point, if if you wind up winning that game, you're the seven seed. I mean, that's the other part of it. Even if even if you wind up three or four games worse than the Lakers or the Blazers, as far as the standings go, if you beat them, you basically take their spot and you move up to seven, and you force them to play uh, for the eighth spot against whoever wins in the nine ten. So there is a, a benefit there uh, if you can win it. You basically get to steal that team spot that had a better regular season than you did. 888-957-9570, Warriors wrap up on 95.7 The Game. We'll hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr. Uh, we're also going to hear from Damian Lee as he told his story pregame uh, discussing his bout with COVID uh, and some unusual circumstances. You're not going to want to miss uh, what Damian Lee had to say as well. Uh, as the Warriors get the win tonight, they beat the Thunder 118 to 97. You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ty Jerome, out to Baisley, who leaves his feet playfully, finds Jerome, who goes in, and it's blocked by Draymond. Draymond took that one out of the sky. Takes it across the logo. Flipped it to Curry. Fakes. Drifting left. Let's go a three. Got it! Warriors putting on a little bit of a late first half run here. They lead by 14. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game. 
And the Warriors would lead by 12 at the half, 61-49. Defense turning into offense. Draymond, the engine, getting it to Curry. Curry going off. Another big night for both of them as uh, Steph goes for 34. Plus 24 on the night. Draymond tied basically at the hip with Stephen Curry, a plus 22 on the night. Uh, and the Warriors get the win, 118-97. to 97. J.D. and Covey back with you here until 11 o'clock. Uh, Draymond had to come back in uh, in the fourth quarter. And, and Steph did too, albeit extremely briefly. Uh, almost got that box checked, not quite. But really you did because it was only maybe, what, three extra minutes for Draymond and, and about 30 seconds, I think, for Steph. Yeah, and it was low stress, too, I mean, you know, considering some of the games they've played of late going down to the wire. And, you know, look, those two games in New Orleans, obviously they handled business in the first one, but that second one, I think, you know, it's just it was taxing. And the Warriors have played in a lot of those tight road games. Things have been a little smoother at home, although certainly they've had their ups and downs here. And, look, anytime you can get these guys just any extra rest at this time of year, it's critical. Like, when we see the Mannion Smilagich brigade rolling in, you know that's probably a pretty good sign. It's either a really good sign, J.D., or a really bad sign. <laughs> and, obviously, tonight it was a good sign. So, yeah, good good on them. And, and, you know, I think Steph was wanting to check back in and, um, you know, just to make sure this thing was over the line and done. He probably didn't have to. I, I think that's, that's reasonable to assert since it was a short uh, fourth quarter shift. But, hey, look, just – you know, the, the threat of him maybe coming back in, I, that could be deflating enough for OKC. Like, oh, man, you know, you, even if we make a run here, well, Steph's just going to check back in. So regardless, um, this was, I think, a, a low-stress game and just exactly what the doctor ordered. I mean, let's face it, the assist numbers were up, a little better with the basketball. I'd like those turnovers numbers to come down just a little bit, but uh, everybody did their part. Wiggins continued to play solid, uh, and you got a, a nice contribution from a guy like Michael Motor tonight shooting seven, uh, making seven threes. So good team win and, and good for Steph and Draymond not having to play a bunch of minutes down the stretch. Yeah, 36 assists on 42 makes for the Warriors tonight, uh, and they do that with uh, just 13 turnovers as well. So essentially uh, just just a tick under a 3-to-1 assist-to-turnover ratio, and you're assisting on 36 of 42. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a great night at the office in, in terms of ball movement and a real conscious effort being made uh, early on, you could tell, uh, from the Warriors as far as trying to uh, to move the basketball. Yeah, and in the first half, 22 makes, J.D., 19 dimes. So uh, that's, that's about as good as you can get in the first half. And uh, I know that, you know, this game wasn't put on ice until the fourth quarter, but they played a really nice first half. And, yeah, that was one of the keys that I looked at. Uh, okay, you know, is, is Steph getting some help? How are they shooting their threes? Uh, you know, Bazemore, I thought, had a really nice first half. Uh, three of five from downtown. He had 11 points. You know, Curry had his 17. You could just pencil him in for that. Uh, 52% from the floor in the first half. They also had an edge on the glass, but the stat that really stood out to me at the half, 22 buckets made, 19 of them assisted. That's Warriors basketball when they're playing their best. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. John Dickinson, Ryan Covey, Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game. Let's hear from Steve Kerr uh, following this one. Uh, as uh, the head coach of the Warriors, he, uh, he discussed what he liked the most about this ball game. I just liked that we took care of business. You know, I thought we played a pretty pretty solid game. You know, our defense was, was good. We uh, basically took care of the ball and rebounded well. You know, we out-rebounded them by 10. They, uh, they're one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the league, and we really took care of the glass. So all good stuff. Uh, a lot of guys played well. You know, we just did what we had to do. And you look at the rebounding numbers – a lot of different contributors on the rebounding front. Wiggins, five, uh, and I'm looking at just defensive rebounds here, but yeah, total rebounds. Wiggins, seven, Draymond, nine, Looney, ten, but even Bazemore, six, Curry, four, Poole, four, JTA, eight. Like, everybody really was contributing on, in, in some way on the boards. Well, and how about this, JD? They had a seven to five advantage on the offensive glass. I mean, I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but can't imagine there's been too many times this year where the Gold State Warriors have out 
offensive rebounded the opposition. So that was good for him tonight. And and look, that's how it's got to be. It's got to be by committee, right? You know, nobody had double figures in rebounding tonight, but uh, I also thought they did a nice job holding the thunder off of the glass as well. Uh, so, yeah, just a, a, a good effort there. And that's how it's got to be down the stretch. It's, you know, Kavon Looney, Kavon Looney is a nice player, high IQ, can do a lot of things in this offense and, and really on both ends of the floor, but he's not going to be a guy that's going to get you 15 rebounds, right? That's just, that's not who he is. They don't really have that guy unless Draymond has a, a particularly big night uh, getting after it. So, you know, guys got to have five and six and seven. Like, everybody's got to chip in. It's, it's not, oh, yeah, th this, you know, Kavon and, and Draymond got the rebounding handled. Everybody's got to crash the, the, the basket and, and, you know, get on a body. Uh, and, and it's, you know, it goes back to fundamentals and, you know, playing team basketball. Uh, and so I, I think we saw that tonight. And the only way the Warriors are going to have any success, uh, you know, in a postseason scenario or even in the playing tournament is if they have that kind of commitment to rebounding. Because, you know, once you get in a postseason series, second chance buckets by the opposition will bury you. So uh, that's something that hopefully they can, uh, you know, they can at least improve on uh, or, or, you know, maybe close that gap that they face on a nightly basis uh, down the stretch here. Let's hear from a couple of the uh, the uh, bench players with, with key roles tonight. And again, anytime you're talking about a bench player for the Warriors right now, you're basically talking about uh, Jordan Poole, Juan Toscano-Anderson, or Michael Mulder. Let, let's hear from JTA, though, uh, his thoughts on the Warriors spreading around the scoring five in double figures for the Dubs in this one. Here's, uh, here's Juan Toscano-Anderson. I think it's pretty cool. I think it's a breath of fresh air, too. You know, I mean... It's no secret that we really depend on 30 to go out there and get buckets. But he's human, you know, and so some days he's going to miss shots. Some days teams are going to um, game plan for him and so forth. And we all got to be ready to knock down shots, make good basketball plays and compete. And so to see it tonight, everybody uh, have a part in this win. I think it sends good vibes, for lack of a better word or lack of a better term. I think everybody's just really confident, good rhythm, good cohesiveness and just some good momentum. And I, like I said, what better time to be clicking or getting some good momentum going into the playoffs. And so hopefully we can maintain this energy, maintain this this good attitude that we have and, and just carry it over into Saturday. And, you know, one game at a time. We're all thinking about the playoffs. We're all excited. But, you know, it's one game at a time. And we still got to establish ourselves to be in those playoffs and be ready to play. Well, and I think the other part of that, too, is you, you, you use a game like tonight against a team like OKC to build that momentum. And it does it's not just team momentum. It can be individual momentum where you can, you know, you come out and, and you know, Michael Mulder has a nice game or JTA has a nice game or even Jordan Poole comes out, has a nice game. And that gives you the confidence, you know, maybe you get on a little bit of a roll and then you're hot when you play Utah and, and you have a nice game or you're hot when you play Phoenix and you carry it forward into into those games. And then you have an opportunity to, to pull off uh, an upset which can make a, a good homestand a great homestand or they can, you know, again, propel a player's individual confidence toward maybe making more of an impact in a playoff series. So I, I think those are the benefits of games like tonight and Saturday when you take them seriously, when you come out and, and make a concerted effort to play the right way. You can have games that look like tonight, but you can also get some guys going and have it carry toward the future. Yeah, look, I don't think we expected that Juan Toscano-Anderson was going to be playing this many minutes at this time of the year. It certainly wasn't part of the plans well, when, when the season started. But let's face it, Juan, JTA is a high IQ basketball player. He just tends to make the right decision. And, you know, I just feel like the Warriors are, are collectively a smarter team. They're they're a more cohesive team when he's out there. I mean, he's, he's certainly versatile on the defensive end. Uh, you know, he brings a focus. He brings an energy. There's a, I, I would say, a humility to his game, right? I mean, he just, he plays hard. Like, you know, he, he's not out there, you know, sandbagging it, hot dogging it. Like, he plays like a dude that nothing is promised to because, let's face it, it's not. Now, he could have a role on this team next year. But, I mean, you look at this the game tonight. 32 minutes for JTA. Knocked down half of his shots. Was a plus 19 eight assists, nine rebounds. Like, yeah, I think Juan Toscano-Anderson fits into the flow of this basketball team, and that versatility is is huge for Steve Kerr right now. So he's just been a, a godsend. I mean, let, let's just keep it real for a second. When, when this team started to lose bigs and just started to lose depth, 
Um, you know, not a moment too soon. Juan Toscano Anderson stepped into the fold. And, you know, we saw him have some some really nice moments early in the year, uh, you know, on the two-way when he was called upon. But, I mean, heck, he's he's been a huge part of this thing down the stretch. And, you know, I, don't, I still don't think, uh, you know, around the league a lot of people are, you know, thinking about Juan Toscano Anderson or, you know, thinking about having a game plan for him when they play against the Golden State Warriors. I, I, I kind of feel like he's a guy that teams like, wait, where'd this guy come from? And that's, look, you talk about positives this year that could potentially apply to next year. Look, JTA can be the, you know, 10th guy on my bench anytime. And heck, if he keeps playing like this, he might even move up the old depth chart uh, as it applies to next year. I know a lot of time between now and then, but you know, Juan Toscano Anderson has been terrific uh, the last month for this basketball team. And, um, you know, they're going to need him down the stretch. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And he's earned all the playing time that he's getting. And, you know, the other thing I want to say real quick, J.D., Jim Barnett talked about this on the pregame. With, with the bench being so short right now, these guys know. Like, you don't have to worry about getting yanked if you make a mistake or somebody's going to take your playing time or maybe you get 18 minutes one night but then three minutes the next night or you don't play for a couple games. Like, if you're one of the eight, Dog, you're in. You're playing. So it, it just allows you to go out there and be a little bit more free. And I think for a guy like Juan Toscano Anderson, who's all he has ever really wanted is a chance to show that he belongs in the NBA, what more could you hope for? And it's for your hometown team? You can't write this stuff, J.D. No, you, you really can't. And I think, you know, again, he just he, – he fits what the Warriors do extremely well. And, I you know, I think when you start looking at roster spots and – who, who's going to get contracts converted and be signed? Like I, I think Juan Toscano Anderson is is going to be one of those guys that's going to wind up, you know, with the Golden State Warriors moving forward. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what the role will be, but he's clearly shown at at least he can be a guy that can be a backup to your backup, like on a on a really good team. Like he can be a guy that you know maybe is your tenth or eleventh man, but for stretches of a season. He can step in and and be you know maybe your eighth man, maybe your seventh or your eighth man, you know, and and you need guys that can do that too. Not I'm not trying to shortchange him or anything like that. I, I'm I'm open minded to what he can do, but the yeah. point I'm getting at is he he's got a spot on on the roster of a of a good team, and he's somebody that that can level up when you need him to, which is which is I think a a big key. Another guy that's leveled up of late and did tonight is Michael Mulder. We've talked about him, 25 points, 7 of 13 from 3. Uh, let's hear a little bit from Michael Mulder tonight uh, on the importance of other players helping Steph Curry out. I think it's important. It's good. Um, obviously, what he does for us is incredible. It's a, it's a pretty uh, heavy weight that he's asked to carry, and you know he does it with grace, and he does it extremely well for us. So it's, it's good to be able to help him out a little bit, um, take some of that weight off him for a second. So that's, that's pretty important to us. And uh, I think we did a, a good job of that tonight. Yeah, they, they added, you know, let, let's not shortchange Steph tonight, though, as we hear you know, JTA and, <laughs> oh, um. and, and, and Mulder to tongue in cheek, 34 for Steph in 31 minutes. So he played about, what, five minutes off the norm, but still got his 34. So uh, it's not like Steph had 19 tonight and everybody else went off, but, but the Warriors will gladly take it uh, you know, on nights where they struggle. And look, you just go back to that Pelicans game. Uh, it was Steph and Wiggins and nobody else in double figures. Tonight you wind up with Bazemore getting 13 and Poole getting 14 and Mulder getting 25 and JTA playing a really nice overall game where kind of a Draymond Jr. kind of a game where he goes for seven and eight assists and nine boards. I mean, it basically, it basically was Draymond Jr. tonight. Yeah, and look, five guys in double figures tonight. Like, there's been nights where there's like, you know, Steph and maybe one other guy in double figures. Like, you just, you can't have that. And, you know, I'm sure sometimes these guys sit there and marvel at what Steph does. And and I think at, at times, you know, especially early in the year, there was a reluctance from some of these guys to shoot the rock when Steph was out on the floor because you're thinking, well, I, I don't want to take this shot when I'm out here with the greatest shooter in NBA history. We need to try and get him the rock. And it's like, no, no, no. He's going to get his money. He's Steph Curry. He's going to get up his touches. There's no doubt. Like, in the flow of this offense, you get an open look. A shot created is a shot you must take. And I think, you know, it just took a little while for everybody to gel. These guys hadn't 
played together, really. I mean, you know, this this group of Warriors, this is for a lot of these guys, uh, their first uh, their first trip around a season together. So, you know, it's taken a little while to find that groove. And thankfully, Steph has played at an MVP caliber level all year. So he's allowed this this team to hang in there. Um, but they don't have other than Wiggins, who, you know, you can pencil him in for you know, a baseline of somewhere between what, 16 to 24 points right now um, outside of that. You don't have guaranteed scoring. Bazemore has been streaky. We know Draymond can be definitely streaky. You know, Looney might give you 10 points one night to the next. So um, it, to have anybody step up and help Steph, it's going to be different guys on different nights. Tonight it was Mulder. Poole hit for 14. Hopefully he'll get his shot going again. I, I just, I you know, we'll see how that goes. But that's just how it's going to have to be. Like, Pencil in Steph for his his points, but you know the Warriors scored 118 tonight. You know even Steph scoring 34 points, you got to make up what is that another 86 points or whatever it is uh, from the rest of the team, like 84. Somebody's got to score those points. So um, good on uh, on Michael Mulder tonight for getting 25. He's a he's a good shooter. He's got a really confident stroke. Uh, I love Mulder shooting. And look, man, no, no bad ideas right now. If you're in the rotation, you're going to need to help out and do some scoring. Yeah, and a couple of texts coming in, 831. Uh, Mulder, legit sniper off the bench from the 707. What? Steph, human? No way. That can't be true. Uh, LOL. Uh, we appreciate the text uh, at 888-957-9570. You can always give us a call or shoot us a text at that number uh, as the Warriors get the win tonight over the Oklahoma City Thunder, 118-97. to Same two teams on Saturday night inside Chase Center and right here on 95.7 The Game. Let, let's hear a little bit uh, from Damian Lee now. He met with the media uh, prior to the ball game, and uh, he's been in the health and safety protocols uh, here for uh, the last couple of weeks. And uh, Damian Lee, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff is, is typically private, and, and obviously unless the player wants to come out and discuss his particular situation – uh, you know, there is a, a, a delicate way that, that you know, the, the health and safety protocols uh, at times need to be discussed. The, the reality of the situation is Damian Lee tested positive for COVID, uh, which is why he's been out. Now, Damian Lee did also tweet out uh, when he had to go into the health and safety protocols that he had been vaccinated uh, and still uh, tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, so Damian Lee... Uh, he, he reiterated that uh, and explained it. So, so here's what Damian Lee had to say about uh, his situation before the ball game. Basically, long story short, I did test positive for COVID about two weeks ago. I did get the vaccine the middle end of March. And I mean, essentially, this was just a rare breakthrough case. After doing the research, it's been about 6,000 people that have tested positive with breakthrough cases out of the over 80 million people that have been fully vaccinated. And right now, there's no timeline in the immediate future for me, you know, coming back and playing. I mean, obviously, protocols and hurdles that I have to clear from, you know, the medical side, but then as well, you know, after that, and then it's just a matter of getting back into basketball shape. Wow. And and so obviously, I mean, at, at this point, you just hope that 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 he's you know feeling better, and and obviously at some point down the road can can get back, uh, you know, just to just to normal lifestyle, and obviously getting back to play. But he mentioned the the stats on that. Uh, so six thousand out of eighty million that have been vaccinated, uh, that is a zero point zero 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 seven five. Uh, chance uh, of wow. happening and yeah Damian Lee full you know fully vaccinated still winds up testing positive he laid out the numbers that that's that's incredible when you think about it yeah and, and glad D Lee's okay and and look I think you know I I know that there's the the vax naysayers out there that say well it's not even a hundred percent well of course not but does that mean you still shouldn't give yourself the 99.999 percent chance yeah, man, I, I think that's probably a pretty good bet. I like poker, J.D. I like those odds, right? Uh, so it, it's, you know, it, clearly most people it works out when, you you know, you get the vaccination, you're going to be good. Um, but it's not 100 percent. So, uh, you know, when, when the you know, when folks do experience that where they're vaccinated and unfortunately they still contract COVID-19, uh, 
machine. You just hope that they're okay. And it sounds like D. Lee, it's, uh, it's certainly given them, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly knocked them down a bit. Uh, you know, still got, what, five games left now before uh, the, the play-in tournament and then the playoffs. Hopefully you can get them back. And, and um, you know, this obviously the health and, and you know, long-term viability of Damian Lee is what's really important here. Um, but also the Warriors could use his, uh, his help back on the basketball court as well. So it's good to hear him and, you know, good to hear the explanation, too. I mean, you know, we, we just hear the term health and safety protocol. And, um, you know, and, and look, everybody's entitled to share what they want to about their own medical situation. So I understand that everybody's got a right to privacy. But it was I was just glad to get a little light shed because, you know, it was like all of a sudden D. Lee ain't around anymore. And you're like, OK, well, we know something's going on, but that's all we know. So I was just glad that we know the deal now. And it sounds like at least he's going to be OK. Yeah, and, and let's hear one more from, from Damian Lee, too, before before we call it a night. And, and typically it's, you know, if a guy's out for, for that length of time, you would you, know, you would think that he had tested positive, but you don't uh, obviously know unless the player comes out and, and states it himself. Well, he actually uh, ran through uh, all of the symptoms he's experienced. It sounds like not only did Damian Lee, and we know it's obviously impacted people differently, uh, but it, it sounds like Damian Lee got hit pretty hard by it, uh, and here's here's what he had to say as far as the symptoms. I had symptoms for about eight days, and I had headache, chills, sneezing, congestion, soreness, body aches. Felt like I was hit by a car, like hit by two cars at once. Every step I took, it hurt. There was pain. There was soreness. Felt like there was a weight on my chest for a couple of days. Like it was just hard to breathe. Loss of appetite. And then even still, you know, I don't fully have my appetite all the way back. Even random headaches like brain fog where I'll start a conversation and be in on the conversation. And then like five minutes in, I either just lose track of what I was talking about or just don't want to talk anymore. Yeah. So so there you go. And and again, like you don't you don't you know, some people, you know, very few symptoms. Some people get hit pretty hard, obviously. Uh, it sounds like D. Lee again for somebody that was was vaccinated and, and to to be uh, among the you know the rare few to have the the breakthrough infection. Uh, he, he's had a rough time of it these last couple of weeks. Yeah, so good good to hear from him, and you know obviously if he can you know address the media and he looked like you know it, he it sounds like he's on the way he's back. Getting so there. yeah, he's yeah, exactly. There. Yeah, and it'll take time. But hey, let's face it. I mean, we we've been dealing with this for you know fifteen plus months now as a you know as a, a world. COVID nineteen is an ass kicker, man. So um, you know the fact that he's still moving around and talking uh, obviously speaks to the fact that he's gotten through this better than some have, a lot have. So uh, hopefully, uh, you know, better days lie ahead for D Lee, and, and we'll see him back uh, back with the Dubs here pretty quick. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just wanted to give everybody an opportunity to hear from D. Lee. He was just real, real introspective about his situation and, and obviously wanted to come out. So we wanted to make sure we played a little bit of that for you here uh, before we call it a night. And uh, that'll do it. Uh, good stuff, my man. Uh, always, always fun. Nice, solid Warriors win. I know we're back together on Saturday. You got the night off tomorrow as far as the final word goes. Uh, Whitey Gleason's going to be sitting in for you. Uh, so I'll be with Whitey tomorrow night, and then uh, we'll be back 5.30 for Warriors Live on Saturday. Same two teams. Let's do it, baby. Yeah, appreciate Whitey stepping in tomorrow night. Got some uh, some family in town. Get a chance. Uh, everybody's vaccinated, man, and we all can't wait to congregate. Got to go to a sporting event today, J.D. I was out there at the A's game today at the Coliseum. Uh, it's a beautiful thing, man. So I just I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, getting getting more of this in life. Uh, had lunch, a little lunch with Sal Castaneda today uh, outside, too. So um, just it, things are on the uptick, man. So stay positive and, you know, uh, better days lying ahead. And, you know, hopefully we'll have some uh, playoff days lying ahead for the Golden State Warriors. So I look forward to the game Saturday. And, and again, thanks to, uh, to you and Whitey for, uh, for handling biz tomorrow night. All right, so for Ryan Covey, I'm John Dickinson. Thanks to Sterling. Thanks to uh, Bobby Spang. Thanks to, to Ryan Mauser as well. Uh, Nash Solomon uh, pitching in on Warriors Live. Uh, we appreciate the help of one and all. Uh, that'll do it. Warriors get the win tonight, 118-97. to You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game.